Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Back at it again, episode 108, let's get it. Oh, yeah, yeah. is a lot going on in the world of sports. We've got the Knicks are playing the magic right now. It's about to tip off. We've got playing games for the NCAA tournament and the first round starts tomorrow. But there was a big event on television Monday night that we need to discuss because honestly, this may be the last time we discuss this show on the podcast. You know what I'm talking about? We're talking about The Bachelor finale, people. We've got uh, my uh, partner in crime on Talking The Bachelor, Lizzie. Lizzie Verstendig is on. And we welcome on a first-time guest, a very special guest, somebody very near and dear to me. We're welcoming on my mother. Mom, Lizzie, how are we doing? All good. So excited. It's a great trio. We're running the triangle. We are running the triangle, and it's going to be glorious. All right. So the final episode, Mom, we'll start with you because you texted to come on. You made the special request. The final episode, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much did you hate this? 20. I said the se- this season of The Bachelor was so bad. There was too much bullying and ridiculous drama. But this last episode and the hour after was beyond appalling. It was it was gross. It was absolutely gross. Lizzie, it's what hard. about you? Scale of one to ten. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. I think also, the ep- I think we're going to have to say the episode and then after the final rose. Because the episode yes. itself was horrendous. I mean, nothing really happened. Um, it was like definitely the least exciting last episode of a season so far. I mean, did, did you expect anything different? I mean, we, we knew he was going to pick Rachel and we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, There's a lot to discuss because unfortunately you can't really separate the last episode from the, after the final rose segment, because the, after the final rose segment was all the interesting stuff, right. Or all the noteworthy stuff. But I, I, I do want to say that however this broke down, it was painfully obvious that after Fantasy Suites, that Brie was the choice of the three of them, and she got sent home, and now we get what we get. All right, so was there anything redeeming about this episode and the after the final rose? Were there any redeeming qualities? Lizzie, we'll start with you. I mean, I... I liked the after the final rose. I mean, parts of it. What I would have liked is to have had the final episode be the first hour at max. 
And then the second two hours be the after the final rose, because I think there was so much more they could have touched upon or at least shown us because I know um, there has been talk saying that it was much longer than what they actually showed us. And there were many more conversations that weren't on, weren't aired. So I would have liked to see a lot more of that than the actual episode, because again, nothing really happened. What else would you have wanted to have seen from the after the final rose? If they would have cut this whole thing to an hour, it would have been better for everybody. Mm, I don't know. Well, they said, first of all, Brie apparently was on the episode and we didn't see her at all on the after the final rose. And apparently there was a conversation between Michelle and Rachel um, about like what happened post. I would have wanted to see that more than just watching Matt sit there in silence. Mom, what say you? I have to agree with Lizzie. I would have rather have watched that. Um, but <laughs> the piling on. Shout out to Yodler. The piling on to Rachel and that she was insensitive and ignorant, I would have vomited if there was more piling on. Well, hold on. Well, we're going to save that thought until later, till later. So I guess I wanted to start with the, um, because obviously, again, on this show, we talk about lighter topics. Uh, we don't necessarily talk about race relations. Um, however, ABC shoved this down our throat for basically two and a half hours. So we're going to talk about, but I first want to start off with this. All right. So Rachel gets the final rose. She doesn't get a proposal, but Matt's like, I want to be with you and see where this goes. Fine. All right. So now we go to the after the final rose and we talk. What? I'm sorry. I said he went even further. He wanted her to be the mother of his children. He, he like gushed and gooed all over it, except with a proposal, which I really didn't understand that much. Maybe I missed something that he and his mother talked about, but Okay, so he gushed and gooed, and then he... Hold that thought. Hold that thought. We're going to get to Rachel. There, there's, there's, there's stages this. We first got to start with Michelle, right? Because she's the runner-up. So we show the breakup with Michelle. Uh, Lizzie, we'll start with you. Were you okay with how this went down? Because I was having a conversation with a couple of buddies of mine. And they said Matt was too short with her. What did you think about this? I mean... If I were her, I would have thought that. But I think in the long run, like, what is he going to say? It's not her. Like, how many words can he use to say that? In the end of the day, that's what it is. But in her defense, if I was the girl in that scenario, I would have felt that way. And then when she brought it up on after the final rose, and she said that she had tried to talk to him after, but that it seemed like the producers didn't let him. I don't know. Um, so I think she definitely felt like it was, she didn't get to say what she needed to, which I totally get that. Mom, what do you say? I thought it was fine. I mean, how much more could he have gone into it? You knew from the minute he took Rachel on the date shopping that it was Rachel. I mean, that was the best date of all. So you knew it from the minute. So if Michelle really thought she was going to be it, she was deluding herself. I agree. So again, uh, shout out to my buddy Shai Elberger and Eric Zimmerman, uh, three straight guys talking about The Bachelor at 1130 at night on, on a random Tuesday. We're talking about the recap and they're like, Matt owed her a conversation. What else is there to say? All right. 
you know, I've been broken up with. I've broken up with people before. Lizzie, you've been in the same boat before. When someone says, I don't think it's going to work long term, it's like there's no easy way to say it. But like, why elaborate it? Why elaborate on it? Like, what did Michelle expect for Matt to then say further? I, I, I don't I don't get it. I think her in her defense, as we've discussed before, I would imagine when you're on the show, you're in this very intense environment where not only you feel like this, but I'm sure the producers feed into this. And even if you, if there is another relationship going on, you feel like that's the only relationship and this is your boyfriend or your fiance, soon to be fiance. And I'm sure they had conversations that made her think that. So if you were dating someone in the real world and you thought that you guys were going to get engaged and then they break up with you the way he broke up with her, you'd probably be upset and thought that it was too short. Yeah, but at the but at the same time, it's just like I don't see this going anywhere. And the, the worst part about the whole thing was not even Michelle expecting some like grand explanation because I don't think Matt owes her any more of an explanation than I just don't see the you know this progressing anymore. But then when they're sitting next to each other, and Matt had the line, I forget exactly what he said. I wish I would have written it down. But he was like, I didn't realize you would feel that way in the moment like Matt what the fuck did you think she was gonna feel you're breaking up with her like it, it was insane I feel like I was taking crazy pills the whole thing and then the fact that she's like crying on you know to Matt that and the producers were in my room seeing me in my worst moments like you're on a reality television show of course the producers are watching you and filming you that's what you signed up for do we not understand what this is it's crazy. The whole yeah, thing was crazy. The whole thing, this whole season, forgot what it was. Yes. It forgot that it's a light, airy, brainless show for us to watch in a time that is so troubling and so upsetting that it's something mindless. And we can just watch and see pretty people, some of them pretty some of them just beyond themselves, like Victoria. And I just think that the whole show forgot what it was. We're trying to save this grander conversation for later, but I guess it's just going to come out. So we'll weld it in. Okay, so Rachel wins. I guess we can call it wins in giant quotation marks. She wins. Um, and then obviously... You know, she has the whole issue with the Instagram pictures at the uh, antebellum theme party from like, I think it was like, what, four years ago or something? Yeah, 2018. Yeah. 2018. Now, I want to know who, yeah, go who ahead. out. Who let the pictures out? That's what I want to know. They're on her who, Instagram. Yeah, no, it's on her Instagram. Instagram. It's public. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not, it's not like somebody like went out of their way to find it. I mean, like you can find it. Well, yeah, no, I mean, that's what they did. Why would someone go back to 2018 on Rachel's Instagram to find it? Like, well, was, well, it an agenda? was it someone's? Was it somebody's agenda to find something about her to to propel the agenda that it seems that The Bachelor had this season? I mean, I don't know. Once once you become like a public figure, people do deep dives into your social media. I don't think it's so crazy that it was found. 
Um, what it's, happened after is a different story, but yeah, well, it's crazy for somebody to go back on a deep dive into somebody's social media, but that's just where we are now. Right. Because as much as we like to raise people's public profiles up, once they get to a certain point, you want to, you want to tear them down. Right. Cause that's just the way the ebbs and flows of social media and celebrity are these days. Like that's just what it is. It's crazy, but that's where we are. But no, it, it, it's not like, you know, you really had to like dig deep. I mean, they were there. Um, but with all that said, she was by far the only likable person on this panel. Are we all in agreement here? Yes. yes. I, I liked Emmanuel Acho. I didn't think, I didn't have a problem with him. So let's jump around for a second because the Rachel thing's a little bit bigger. So Lizzie, first of all, um, a status update on Chris Harrison. Where do we stand? So the only real status update is that when he was interviewed, he said he plans to be back and he will be back. Now, what that means, who knows? Because we know already that he's not going to be there for the next two Bachelorette seasons. Um, I did think it was a very weird move on ABC's part to make him the narrator during the after the final rose which clearly we know would have only been recorded after everything happened because that's when Emmanuel Acho was appointed to do so I thought that was a very weird move like the reason Chris Harrison's not here is because you're trying to like step away from him so why are you still having his voiceover on okay so what so what's the timeline in terms of filming and then after the final rose which is I think live right so normally it is live. It wasn't this time. I don't know if it was a combination of COVID quarantining and every like the conversation that was happening or it was just the conversation and they wanted to be able to edit it appropriately. Mm -hmm. um, maybe a combination of those. But normally it happens live. This was taped like a week or two ago. Mm -hmm. So it was when we knew obviously Chris Harrison, but we didn't have this announcement about the next seasons yet. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So with that said, obviously, Emmanuel Acho fills in for uh, Chris Harrison. Mom, rate his performance on a scale of one to 10. I, I think he was at eight. I think he was okay. I think he was brought into a very, very difficult situation. Yes. Um, a very uncomfortable situation. And... I think that, again, we had a race issue here. And I'm not sure. Listen, I liked I didn't think anything wrong with him. But again, they took Chris Harrison and they brought in an African-American man. Right. So I think that they're just they're just playing with this whole concept of um, Black Lives Matter. Lizzie, what do you say? I agree on the eight scale. Um, I think, listen, I think there's no way they could have had Chris Harrison host after the final rose. They just couldn't do it. Like, how could he have asked those questions after everything that happened with his interview? I mean, just realistically, whether you agree with him, don't agree with him, I don't think they could have had him be the well, well, no, they could have, and they could have just, you know, ignored 
the ridiculous public backlash of it, but they chose not to. No, but meaning at the end of the day, they, Matt and Rachel broke up because of all of this. We can't ignore it. What I think they should have done is, I think they should have had Emmanuel Acho as the host. And I think one of the conversations they should have had was with Chris Harrison. I think they should have brought him on and he should have had a sit down with him. Mm-hmm. I think ignoring and just saying he's not here is not going to fix the problem at all. Like right. everyone knows he's still involved behind the scenes. He's one of the executive producers. So I agree with that. I, I, my score is again, I know him from Fox sports net. So I'm, I'm kind of have like a different scale than you guys do. He's, and I know he was put in a tough spot and I, I don't think he really wanted to do this, but it was just, you know, it was a way to build his profile. But like, if you gave him truth serum, you're like, I don't really want to do this. Right. He's uncomfortable. Yeah. He looked extremely uncomfortable and he, and well, he, because of his suit was way too tight. That's not, uh, yeah. I, the, the clothing choices were, were bad. I, I don't think Matt's suit fit him very well either. Like, I, I know, Matt, we've seen the six-pack. I get it. But, like, you know, pay your tailor a little bit better. Uh, whatever. You're not Tyler Cameron, buddy. All right? Relax. Um, he just sounded like a robot to me. And, and, and it's not his format. And so having seen him on, you know, shows like First Things First on Fox Sportsnet, he's – First of all, he's a super well-spoken guy, and he didn't come off as super well-spoken here, only because he, he sounded like he was in monotone, right? He sounded like he just was like a robot straight up reading off the teleprompters. I give him a five because I know he's more talented than he showed. But I, I, I don't think that's fair because he's coming on as a host to a show where normally the host of the show who does this has been with these people throughout an entire season of a show and has relationships with them. So he's coming on, he literally doesn't know these people and he has to have this uncomfortable conversation. So I don't think you could expect him to be this like dynamic person. It's a very, very uncomfortable scenario, even in someone who is used to this format. So I think, yes, they could have changed the format a little, maybe to help him out. But I actually really appreciated a lot of the, like a lot of his hosting skills of how he directed the conversation. Well, A, when Matt like wasn't talking and he kept trying to facilitate it. But I also think that he, I loved when he was saying that he is not, he's against cancel culture. He said to Matt, if she's changing, is there any way that you could take her back? Like he was asking questions that I thought were really great and like open Um, which I think he could have easily had someone that didn't do that. I agree. I think he lost so much respect for Matt James by the end. I mean, when he said to him, can you give her a hug? And he sat there like a lumical, like he, like, will go to the Tom. He didn't even know how to answer. It was just, it was terrible. I mean, it was just terrible. So, all right. So, with that said, we'll jump right in. All right. Matt's performance, the whole thing. We'll start from the uh, the final episode till now, right? So we kind of give Matt a pass for how he broke up with and how he handled the um, breakup with Michelle. Do, do we give him a pass for not proposing uh, outright when he wasn't ready? I think that's fair. I don't think I he think should have to get down on one knee. 
and propose when you're not 100%. ready, right? 100%. Yeah. So now we get to the after the final rose. Rate Matt's performance on a scale of one to 10 at the after the final rose. Mom, one to 10. 10 being good or 10 being horrific? 10 being good, one being bad. He was a negative 10. He was so bad. He was so immature. He, I, I just, I, and I felt like he was just, he didn't make his own decisions. He was influenced by every single person out there on social media. Rachel Lindsay, whoever was like pulling his strings, he was a puppet. He was literally a puppet. And everybody comes with baggage. He came with baggage with his family life. So Rachel had this picture in her past, which is her baggage. She comes from the South. She apologized. She said, I'm willing to learn. I'm sorry if it seemed insensitive, but she was on The Bachelor with a black man. And her family embraced him and she embraced him. So I, I just, I, I felt like the fact that he couldn't like hug her goodbye, this was going to be the mother of his children. He professed his love to her. And then there was no compassion from him. There was no understanding. There was no education from him. So he was terrible. Lizzie, scale of one to 10. Um, I feel conflicted, honestly. So I'm going to give him a five. Um, a few things. Firstly, actually, this just came to me now. But if you remember the first episode when he asked to have that sit down with Chris Harrison, and he said one of his biggest concerns of being the first Black Bachelor is that people would want him want something for him they would want which I think what he was saying is they would want him to choose a black girl and that he was nervous of all the outside pressure of people you know imposing their thoughts which in the end of the day is what happened to me I give him a five and not lower because I think we really saw his true emotion like I think he wasn't talking and couldn't give her a hug because he was really hurting. I think he really does love her a lot. And I think, unfortunately, the outside pressure has gotten to him and caused him to make the decision to not be with her. But I don't think he doesn't love her. And I think it hurts him that he thinks he can't be with her. Hence the fact that he's immature. I'm not denying that. I mean, I said from day one from our first podcast that there's no way he was getting engaged. That he just... Yep. I had no, there was no question in my mind that he wasn't in that place. I, I agreed with that at the time. And, and we, we both, we both said that, but we also believed that he had a somewhat of a normal head on his shoulders. I think that notion has been wiped away completely because like, and I really, I was watching it and, and I honestly, I questioned how much he was really hurting like, was he really that offended by this or was he just succumbing to the mob and going along like like sheep following, you know, you know, the shepherd? I, I just well, I don't know. But I think those though, I, like I those I think those can be one and the same. I think that he was hurting because the outside pressure got him and caused him to make that decision. And he was hurting not over what she did, but over the fact that he thinks he can't be with her and that he loves her. 
do you, but do you think like if you really love somebody, right? If you really, really love somebody, you know, they're gonna, from what I understand, you know, love gets tested a lot, right? By a lot of things. If you really, really love somebody, isn't this just something that you try and work around, try and work figure together. it out? Work it together. Work it together. Yeah, wait, I, oh, oh, hold on one second. When he said put in that work, does he even know what that means, that line? Oh, that's put just in like that a thing work. people say. It's not, it's just like a phrase. What does it mean? What does that work mean, Matt? Well, what, what do you want her to do? Like, I, I'm serious. Like, what, you want her to read, uh, you know, history on, on the Old South? Okay, fine, great. But what's that going to do? Okay, it's going to tell you that slavery is bad. Yes, slavery is bad, right? Or you want to learn about the, read about the Jim Crow laws? Yeah, the Jim Crow laws were terrible. What happened in the 60s before Martin Luther King came around was terrible, all right? No one's saying it's not terrible. But after that, like, what, what work is there to do? Do you even know what you want? And, and it's clear to me that he doesn't. And this notion, and part of the reason why everybody was, I guess, so disappointed is what is on paper, Matt had all these great qualities, right? He was handsome. He was generally pretty well-spoken. Um, he seemed like he had a decent head on his shoulders. And now he's just, it, it came out, you know, in adversity, your true colors come out, right? And it came out that he's just mush. He's just a nothing. I mean, listen, uh, I think like the first part where you said like the work part is a whole separate conversation, but I think it is, I don't know that we could really tell, like is love everything. Like, I don't know that we could really, we're not in that position. Like what if you were someone and you see that three years ago, they went to a, a Nazi, like a neo-Nazi party. Like, would that be something you could get over? I don't know. Maybe you could, but I don't know that it's so black and white. Like I just uh, hold on. I just want. I just want to. I just want to pause it right there. What Rachel did, because because you see this a lot in the media now. We throw around the neo-Nazi term a lot, a lot, which waters it down, right? What Rachel did was not neo-Nazism. Not even close, right? They made no, it. No, not saying she did that, but I'm saying if 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 the person you dated the dress from Gone with the Wind. No, but okay. I'm, saying if, if, I'm not saying that the pre-Civil War South was a positive, I'm not saying slavery was a positive at all. I do not believe. I think all people are created equal. All people, whether white, black, red, yellow, orange, whatever. And this made it into something other than that. This a picture and a sorority party in the South. I mean, you have to put in perspective where it was and what it was. Well, let's take out the South for a second. Let's just, it, it's, because Lizzie, I, I only bring this up because you said if a picture came out of her, you know, at like a neo-Nazi rally with a swastika on. I didn't, oh, no, I didn't say oh, a rally. Okay. I'm, I'm just trying to give like an equivalent. Like, thank God I can't really think of an equivalent for us. But let's right. say you saw the person that you were dating 
in a picture from Halloween standing next to someone who was wearing a Hitler costume. Okay. And that was their best friend. I'm not saying it's an equivalent. And I, and I think that she is getting crucified way more than she should be. I think like it's out of control and like poor girl, she did not even defend herself once. And I think that it could have been, I think what it could have been is a conversation. I think it could have been, he said to her, I saw these pictures, it's coming up. She could explain, honestly, I just didn't even know. It didn't cross my mind. Okay, this is where I came from, blah, blah. And like, that should have been the end of it. That's what I think. I don't think he is wrong for being upset about it. But I think, because I think like you could see that at first glance and be upset if you don't know. Right. So like, that's kind of where I'm saying like. I guess, I guess. guess It's the outside that pushed it. Yeah. or he was more concerned about what the Rachel Lindsay's have to say and what the Michelle's have to say and what other people had to say than listening to the person who supposedly he loved. Yeah, but I mean, lots of people make decisions based off of external pressure. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying I don't know why we're so surprised. The The thing about it was, is that I can understand him being, you know, a little perturbed by it. I can understand her, you know, him saying, hey, like, what's going on with this? And if she says, you know, if they if they have that relationship, she says, listen, I was just taking pictures with my friends. I didn't realize I'm not condoning what the, uh, you know, what the old South was like. I'm not condoning, you know, you know, racism or whatever. It's just the fact that they made her out to be basically a hood carrying member of the KKK was insane. That's insane. So it's just, and, and if you, and if you can't see that, right, then, then you're just not a mature person. I don't think he is. I also think that it, like, I think if Rachel were the winner on a season where there was a white bachelor, no one would have even noticed the picture. Not to say that it's right or wrong, but I'm just saying, and like, listen, like she's a 24 year old girl who did it, whatever, three years ago, not to say that that was, you know, 10 years ago, but I'm just saying like, you know, they use this word back and forth. I hate it, but like, why can't we give her a little grace? She didn't defend herself. She said she was wrong even when she's getting crucified and everyone is yelling at her and telling her she's wrong. She never once disagreed with it. And like people are making her out to be like you said, like she's like literally the head of the KKK. Like it's, you know, she made a mistake. Everyone makes mistakes. She apologized. She wants to work on it. Now, if he makes a decision, he doesn't want to be with her. That's fine. I just think people need to like calm it down with her. So that brings you to the last question. Um, is the show dead? Is this show ever going to be what it's supposed to be again? Because I don't think it is. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think it's it's gone so much to the extreme where like everything, they're, they're nitpicking on every little thing. I just don't think it's ever going to be like your mom said, like this light and airy mindless show anymore. They, uh, it can, it can, they crossed over a path 
this week where they wanted to educate us on critical race theory. That's what this was. And that's not what The Bachelor is. If I want to learn about critical race theory, which is actually reverse racism, but that's a whole other conversation that we're not going to have on this show. But if I want to learn about race theory and race relations, I'll turn on CNN. I'll turn on Fox News. I'll turn on MSNBC. I'll do whatever. That's not why I turn into The Bachelor. It's not why I tune in. And the fact that they have elevated Rachel Lindsay's voice higher than any other Bachelor or Bachelorette contestant by the sheer color of her skin, not because her personality is any different, right? Because she's really not – and that's not a bad thing that she's not any different, any better, any worse than the other people because, you know, they've had good women on there before in the past. I'm not – you know, but once they elevated her to focus on this – you know, agenda that seems to be that's been going on and an underswelling since the Obama administration basically got amplified in 2016. And now all of a sudden we've reached a, a, a new low point. It's just we can't have a show like this anymore. It's like you can't have nice things. And and this show is dead. This show is dead. And once they railroaded Chris Harrison from a season of The Bachelorette, that's it. You, you've you've made your bed. It's done. It's finished. Mom, what yeah, say I mean, you? I, I think it's going to be weird also just to not have him there. It it's it's a microcosm of a way way bigger problem. It's a micro that that's what it is. It's a microcosm of a way bigger societal problem and we've gone overboard we've gone we've gone overboard so many times before this but now you know it, it it's just another example of that mom what say you i agree with you i just don't see this as a viable show anymore i don't see it i i, I just don't see it everybody's going to be looking and wondering if they're going to pick this one and what's wrong with this one and what color skin does this person have and what accent it's just not going to be and what's next we're going to talk about like gender roles now like we can't have a bachelor because that's called toxic masculinity like like where's the line here right or is everybody gonna have to be gender fluid like is that where we're going with this like we can't use pronouns like he or she like at what point is abc gonna say enough is enough this is insane it, it was it was behooven it was it was so important for them to do that and support chris harrison just as like a beacon of light and they just didn't do it because they followed rachel lindsay and i just want to clear something up i don't hate rachel lindsay because of you know who she is right i never thought she was all that i thought she was fine however once you start going with the victim card over you know something that was it was a picture at a sorority party right she had probably had no clue what was going on she probably had like pre-game beforehand and she got dressed up and she took a photo well, with she, her friends well, she, said, she said she did when emmanuel also asked her this is the most telling thing when he said to her um were you like when you realized it was getting serious were you nervous every night like oh my god that picture is going to resurface and she's like it never crossed my mind because she didn't even think there was anything wrong with it, it it's just, it's crazy. And, and they, they, they just set the precedent and I don't think it ever comes back. 
And now with this new thing that we have to have two bachelorettes, like, you know, you have to appease people because the color of their skin. So you can't pick one over the other. You're not picking based on the color of their skin. You're picking based on their merits, on their personalities. It's just nuts. It's crazy. I think though, with they had a, it was a really missed opportunity. If they're all about inclusion, how did they not make Abigail the Bachelorette? When are you ever gonna have like she is I someone? Deaf. What? What'd you say? She's deaf, right? Yeah, I'm saying she's someone with a person with disabilities. She's wonderful. She seems really sweet. She has like she has the story of her background and all that traumatic stuff that she went through. And it's like we want to talk about inclusion. Make her the Bachelorette. Everybody would have said the ABC's racist at that point. That's what they would have said. No, you couldn't have said that they're racist if they made it. Why? Why not? Why not? You just said that Chris. You just said that Chris Harrison needs race training because he said that a twenty-year-old who took a picture at a party that was considered racist. That's what just happened. How could you not consider it? ABC be considered racist if they didn't pick you know, a woman of color. And they went half and half. Like, it's so nuts. It's so nuts. Well, it was clearly an afterthought. It was clearly, because we all heard about Katie. It was clearly Katie was supposed to be the Bachelorette. They didn't want to take it away from her. And then they also made Michelle the Bachelorette. It's just, it's crazy. I, I, I I don't see how the show can go on if ABC is going to succumb to the current climate and that I don't see it. I don't see it. I mean, I don't maybe see it. it won't. It's been on for a lot of seasons. Maybe this is the beginning of the end. Time to say goodbye. Kiss it goodbye. Even friends ended. <laughs> friends was a written sitcom, right? I, I, I just, it's, this is like the sixth national sport. <laughs> That's why it's on this show for the love of the game, because we don't just talk about the game of sports. We talk about the game of love and that includes the bachelor. And if the bachelor and the bachelorette and bachelor in paradise can't be what it's supposed to be, then we have a major, major problem on our hands. And it looks like it's basically done. I I can't anticipate us doing more of these episodes, but anyway, uh, guys, this was wonderful. Mom, welcome to the show. Lizzie, I hope we'll have to figure out a way for uh, us to continue doing, you know, episodes if the Bachelor um, franchise is going to suck. We'll we'll figure something out. But this was great. Sorry if I uh, was yelling at you guys. I wasn't yelling at you. It wasn't personal. And uh, I'll speak to you guys soon. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to recurring guest, Miss Lizzie Verstendig for coming on to talk about The Bachelor Bachelorette and shout out to my mom for making her podcast debut. I mean, this was re- really depressing. This is really depressing. I don't think the show's ever gonna go back to normal. Uh, free Chris Harrison, Rachel Lindsay sucks, but we had to talk about it. And that's uh, episode 108 for the love of the game. Take us out, Angie Martinez.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.